Hello and welcome to Retrospection. In this episode, we're off to Sherwood with the Merry Men and their leader, Robin Hood. We're taking a look at ITV's Robin of Sherwood series that ran from 1984 to 1986. Robin, the hooded man. It's just like Clanad in the room. Oh, you can get some kind of cream for that. Apparently so. You have to spread it very, very thin, though. Yeah, like Mermite. Ooh, not like Mermite. Can you imagine spreading that? What on? On your on your clanads. On your clanads. Ooh. Spicy. I would sing like Enya then. <laughs> you would, yeah. Yeah. My name's Colin, and I will not lose my fish pond. <laughs> Depends where you put it, Colin. I mean... It does, yeah. You know. And my name's Paul, and you don't look like a nun. That's because I've given up the habit. Robin of Sherwood stars Michael Prade as Robin of Loxley, Ray Winston as Will Scarlet, Judy Trott as Lady Marion, Phil Rose as Friar Tuck, Clive Mantle as Little John, John Nabineri as Hearn the Hunter, Robert Addy as Sagao Gisburne, Peter Llewellyn Williams as much could be here a while, Nicholas Grace as the Sheriff, and Anthony Valentine as a Baron of Belém. You know, I would put money on the fact that three quarters of this cast have been in casualty. Yeah, I mean, Clive Mansell's in it for ages, but yes, I could imagine that, yep. Mm -hmm. yep, yep. Oh, and, and the bill, probably, as well. Oh, definitely the bill, yeah. 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 <laughs> Anthony Valentine, we know us. Tell me. Toby Mears, Callan. Of course, yes. I didn't put that together until you just said it then. So here, he's working against Earn the Hunter, and in Carlin, he worked for Hunter. Very good. Yeah. Wow, yes. So, Do you think that was lost on him? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Series was created by Richard Carpenter, who had previously done Cat Weasel and Dick Turpin. Two shows that I never watched. Oh, I used to watch Dick Turpin, didn't watch Cat Weasel. Yeah. No, and, and oddly, I'll, I'll talk about it later, but never watched Robin of Sherwood as a kid either. Oh, so when did you get into it? Um, Probably about five years ago when I bought the, the network DVDs on a whim. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's surprising. <laughs> what, I, I seem a Robin of Sherwood kind of guy, do I? Yeah. I, I imagine that the Venn diagram of Beauty and the Beast fans and Robin and Sherwood fans, I imagine, is massive. <laughs> that sounds like, oh, I don't know now. Does that mean that Colin's not going to like this? I don't know. Well, don't, don't tell me. Don't spoil oh, it. All right. No, no, never watched it as a kid. I think maybe I found it, I thought it was a bit twee and a bit slow. And um, probably at that time as a kid, I was, <laughs> don't laugh. I was I was more into things, you know, uh, spaceships. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty, no, no, that Beauty and the Beast was after this, wasn't it? Um, when did Beauty and the Beast come out? That was about eighty-seven. Oh, okay, so not far off from this, but all right. I, I was more into things like Butt Rogers and Knight Rider and A Team, you know, things that explosions and mm. cars and things like that. Yeah. And it's only it's only as I've got older that that uh, I've discovered this. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Music by Clanad, as you mentioned, who won a BAFTA award for this. Yes, uh, apparently, though, they never saw a single um, bit of footage of this, did they? When they were, when they were doing the music. Apparently, what, what would happen is the producer would jump on a train and go and see them at least once a year. <laughs> and he, he, would, he would just 
collect about 90 minutes worth of music that they that they'd made and then take it back and cut it together with the episodes oh it's a good job they knew the name for that beginning piece where they go robin <laughs> well i think that they probably he probably at least told them what it was <laughs> it's, a, it's about this pantomime horse oh darbin <laughs> you could you could keep going oh don't worry i will i know <laughs> do you like the song yeah i think i do surprisingly Oh, okay. I I like it as the theme tune. I'm not so keen on when it pops up or different versions of the clannard sound throughout the episode. Because <laughs> there are times when you think, ooh. What, it, it takes you out of it a little bit sometimes? A little bit. It's a little misplaced. Um, I guess I'll talk about when I get to those scenes. Yeah, I, I like the song, though, a lot. I mean, I, I've always liked clannard, and I do like a bit of Enya. Orinoco Flow. Well, you, you know, it depends on the month, right? <laughs> Oddly enough, 15 minutes before starting this podcast, I was watching Enya perform her Orinoco Flow. Ooh, that's serendipity, isn't it? No, no, it was Orinoco Flow. <laughs> I was watching Top of the Pops. Oh, what, from... Uh... 1991. 91? Was that 91? Ooh, I mm-hmm. suppose it was, because yeah. she, yeah, she quit Clan didn't she, and yeah. went solo. So do you have anything about Robin of Sherwood? Yeah, so um, one of the interesting things that, that I, I read about is that the custom of having one of Robin's companions be a Saracen started with this show. I think a lot of, of the mythology of modern Robin Hood mm-hmm. comes from this show, right? I think so, yeah. Um, and even some of, some of the um, locations are the same locations in the Prince of Thieves movie. It's the same castle, apparently. Oh, that they shoot right. inside uh, for Prince of Thieves. TV standards of, of the time stated that people could only be hit by arrows in the front or the back, never in the face. Oh. Makes There's sense. One I saw one in the face, but maybe not. No, maybe I, I, I was just hoping. I saw... <laughs> Wouldn't be Michael Pride, would it? Um... <laughs> no, he's all right. All right, we'll talk about that. I suppose it makes sense it, it, with it being... I mean, it went out on Sunday at tea time, didn't it, this show? On ITV, yeah. So it couldn't be you couldn't like be beheading people. Mm. Well, it it goes further as well. Apparently, a thigh shot was just about permissible, so they could be shot in the thigh. Mm. Uh, and this kind of thing went with sword fighting as well. It, they decreed that there should be there should never be any thrusting. So they could swipe side swipe people with the sword, but they couldn't right. thrust them into people's bodies. It's right. kind of it's kind of what a sword does, really. It's what it's there for, isn't it? Yeah, 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 that makes it a little tricky. Yeah. Um, apparently there was a pitch for a sequel series that was doing the rounds set 10 years after and it brought back Michael Prade's character. Don't know how or why, but... Yeah, surely it would be uh, Jason Connery. No, they, they, it was to bring back Michael Prade 10 years uh-huh. later. Um, many of the children used in the series were also kids of the cast and crew, which makes sense. I wouldn't imagine this was a, yeah. a high-budget oh, show. Oh, cheap labour. Cheap labor. There were plans for a fourth season that never came to anything. Um, where Guy was going to kill Marion. Oh, it's a shame they didn't do the fourth series because they'd written an ending for it. You know, for the show. Yeah, because it never got one, did it? Really? No. Uh, well, the production company Goldcrest was um, suffering a downturn in finances after a series of flops. They they made um, the movies Absolute Beginners and Revolution, 
and they were massive bombs. Right. Um, and the TV channel HTV couldn't shoulder the production costs on their own, so that's why the fourth season never happened. Uh, like you just said, Jason Connery t- took over in season three. Michael Prade left after season two. Apparently, he left to star in The Three Musketeers on Broadway. But the show quickly closed. <laughs> but he stayed on in the US um, because he got a part in Dynasty. Oh, that's good. I seem yeah. to remember him being involved in the... Um, wasn't there a big ma- massacre at a wedding in Dynasty? Loads of people getting shot. Oh, I thought he was talking generally no. <laughs> yeah, at the time. He was, involved, oh, uh... he was involved in a massacre at his wedding, yes. <laughs> He's like, where's this going? <laughs> Hope you check this fact. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up now, you know. Oh, yeah, well, usually do. I, I do heavy research. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think there was a, a wedding in a in a episode of Dynasty, and he he played a prince or something, and and some terrorists or something shot loads of people. Paul McGann auditioned for the part of Robin, but he was deemed too short. Oh, he's a little guy. Yeah, it's height important. Is there a height requirement for outlaws? I suppose you want your leading man to be six foot, don't you? Oh, I suppose so. Uh, Jenny Seagrove was apparently the first choice to play Marion, which would have been interesting. Although Judy Trotz, perfectly fine. Yep, yep. Um, Neil Morrissey from Men Behaving Badly at one point was, they were considering him to replace Michael Pride. That'd be weird because he looks exactly like. I guess him. that's why. I think it, they weren't going to. They were just. Oh, they weren't going to do a change. Yeah. They were going to have the same character. Oh, that would have worked because I often mistake the two. They, to be honest, at this point, they 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 had identical hair and everything, didn't they? They they looked almost yeah, exactly yeah. the same. So I have a question for you. Do you think Robin Hood is a character outside of superheroes? Who's had the most films and TV shows? Oh, written about definitely. him. Definitely. Definitely. I think there's even a silent version of Robin Hood, isn't there? Yeah, it's weird, right? I'm just trying to figure out... Because when you take the basic story, there isn't really much there. Well, that's why the nearly every Robin Hood version always tells the same story, doesn't it? It always has the same beats that, that happen. You know, you've yeah. got your little John, you've got your tournament. They're always in there. Yeah, unless unless it's Ridley Scott's Robin Hood, which... Basically, might as well call Derek Blood for all the connection to Robin Hood. <laughs> That's the one where he's got that uh, strange accent, isn't it? Well, this is an interesting thing. There is, I've watched Robin Hood from 1991 with Patrick Bergen, Prince of Thieves, also 1991, Ridley Scott's 2010, the Disney one from 73, and Robin and Marion. None of them have ac- proper accents in them. They're all got weird ones. I suppose that's true. There's not a single one that hasn't, because you've got Uma Thurman playing Marion in the Burger one. You've got Kevin Costner and Christian Slater in the mm-hmm. one. In Ridley Scott's, you've got Russell Crowe. In the Disney one, everyone's is from the South of America, mm-hmm. in it, because and that's purpose. That's done on purpose. I get it. And then in Robin and Marion, you got Sean Connery being Sean Connery. Yeah. So. It's like every single one has a weird accent. I suppose that's true. I suppose the difference is that some of those actors are just doing their own accents, aren't they? Whereas Russell Crowe was was attempting an accent of some kind for that movie, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. It, it, isn't that the movie where he, he grabbed a, um, a BBC guy and pushed him up against the wall because he, thre- he, because he, he made some quip about his accent? They had an... 
Yeah, they had, I don't think it was that violent, but they had a mm. argument. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. No. It is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to come after me, is he? <laughs> I don't no. know. And um, 2014, Sony wanted to do a Robin Hood universe. That doesn't surprise me. What What would the universe entail? So the films would be like individual, like this would be a little John film, Freya oh, Talk film, maybe Marion film, and then a film with them all. In. Like the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 I'm surprised we don't get that with things like James Bond. I mean, I know why we don't get it. It's because they're very protective of it. But, you know, we'll have a Money Penny movie and then we'll have an M movie and then we'll have... I'm sure those conversations have taken place, especially if Amazon yeah. do go through with the MGM yeah. merger. So what, what was your favourite iteration of Robin Hood then? Out of the ones that I yeah. watched recently or... Um, well, I, I like Robin and Marion, but it's, I don't know, is it a Robin Hood film because of the way it's done? But I like yeah, it. Yeah, Robin and Marion's a really, really good movie. Yeah, the Disney mm-hmm. one's good. I think Prince of Thieves is fun. What about, what about obviously, the classic the, 1930s Errol Flynn movie? I mean, that, that would be up there. I like it, me. but I didn't watch it in this yeah. batch, but mm-hmm. I do like it, yes. Yeah, yeah. The Ridley Scott one, I watched the unrated director's okay. cut, and I didn't mind it, but it's not a Robin Hood film. It, it, it's just a medieval yeah. adventure film. Yeah. Because it's got very little to do with the original story. So, but I, I didn't mind I think it. I remember, I think I went to see it on the cinema, actually. Um, and I, I, I remember enjoying it. I remember thinking it was completely ridiculous. Um, yeah. And unlike you, I agree with you. It isn't a Robin Hood movie, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Of course, we we haven't said what we we, but, we can't include Robin of Sherwood yet. Otherwise, we'll be giving away what we think of it. All right. Well, with that, we might as well okay. get on with it. So we get a nice white and blue HTV logo. Harlech TV, Harlech. I don't know how you pronounce it because it's Welsh. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember what region it was actually. So I'm glad you you said it was Welsh. Do you remember the old yeah. ITV logos? Yes, yes. I mean, obviously, like LWT, yeah. Thames, Granada, Yorkshire, mm-hmm. Tyne Tees, Grampian. I miss all those at the, at the at the end and beginning of TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a long time, Paul. Get over it. <laughs> That's just two old men <laughs> moaning about TV logos. Well, it's just, I think it's only one old man. <laughs> I forgot you're so much younger than me, Colin, yeah. I wasn't complaining. <laughs> oh, so you're a, you're an old you man, were. but you weren't complaining, right? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah, All yeah, right. I'll take that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we open up on some soldiers using simple wooden platforms to fray themselves and their horses across a river. It's quiet, and at first we just hear the sound of birds in the trees, but then an ominous bass line starts. A young boy watches him approach, then runs off to a collection of buildings. On screen, we get the text: "The village of Loxley." 1180. It's not the quickest way to get across a river, is it? I mean, they could they could have all buggered off well, by the time they got got to the other side of that. Yeah, but it's quicker than. How would they do it? No, no, no I know that, I know there's no other way to do it. I'm just saying it gives them plenty of time oh, to bugger well, off and get out of there, doesn't it? Yeah, but 
you know, you know what it's like with horses in films. You don't hear them if you don't see them. That's true. Yeah, like helicopters. Yeah, yeah, unless mm. it's dramatically important for you, and then for some yeah. reason the sound increases. But yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, the ferry reaches the other side, and the soldiers mount their horses. The boy goes and wakes his father, Aelric, alerting him to the approaching soldiers. And the soldiers start burning the village and murdering its locals. Aelric tells him to stay there and goes out. Then he returns. Not sure why he left and came back, but all right. He grabs the boy. Come on, Robin, he says. They head across a weir to a small water mill. Although, in this show, they probably call it a river, the flooded dam. <laughs> Have you got a lot of these? <laughs> Uh, not many. It's hard to get fights with, rhyme with man. <laughs> you run out pretty quickly. You're like, spam. Oh, God, I hope a cat of spam appears in this. <laughs> I hope your name's Dan. Ah, it's Rupert. <laughs> he tells the man and woman living there that they are burning Loxley and asks them to hide the boy. Eric heads off. It's raining now and heads to a sacred stone circle. As he dismounts, the Sheriff of Nottingham steps into view and crossbow-wielding soldiers also appear. Where, where were these guys hiding? Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't they standing around sort of Stonehenge-type-looking rocks? Yeah. So Are they not standing behind them? Ah, except we see a long shot of Elric riding his horse and we can see all sides of this stone circle <laughs> and there is nobody there. Also, all right, let's say these soldiers really thin and have managed to, like, manoeuvre themselves out of his viewpoint as he rides towards them. Where are the horses, Paul? Yeah, yeah. Be because horses are notorious for their inability to be invisible. <laughs> they're, not, they're not like Bond's car in Die Another Day, is what you're saying. No, no, they're not. They haven't no. got a whisper mode like Erwolf or... No. No. Nope. No, nope. I think it's that thing again and that you were just talking about is that for dramatic purposes, they are there, but they're not there until so they, you need to see right, them. Right, right. Yeah. And considering they're called horse, they're pretty loud at the vocal cards. <laughs> so you'd hear them at the very least. It's very atmospheric, I have to say. This whole bit. Very atmospheric. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and um, not necessarily these because obviously these stones are fake. But but the um, the little village and the um, the water wheel that, that that they go past, and then later in the show, the one thing that it, it does really well is it makes great use of existing buildings that are obviously got nothing to do with the production, um, and it gives it it makes it seem like it's cost a lot more to make than what it probably did. Yeah, and even though some of it is in, I don't know if you noticed, is in like ruins because that's how it is. Mm. What they did was they got like a couple of people to look like they were building it. <laughs> yeah, that's very, that's very clever. Yeah, mm. in the background, I noticed I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's inventive. Yeah. Yeah. So the Sheriff of Nottingham and his soldiers appear and they've got crossbows. Your rebellion has failed, Eric. Where is the arrow? asks the Sheriff. Eric doesn't answer. It's here, isn't it? shouts the sheriff. You're the guardian. The soldiers open fire, and as Elric dies, he whispers, The hooded man is coming. The sheriff, 
bends over Elric's body and picks up an engraved metal arrow that has fallen next to his body. A light glints off the arrow as the thunder sounds and rain pours down, even though the sky is painfully blue. <laughs> I didn't notice that. It's a great opening to a, sh- to a series, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Why would you carry this arrow around if it's so important? Yeah, if he knew that these soldiers wanted it so badly, you, you, you'd probably go and bury it somewhere, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, because it's just a talisman. It doesn't, mm-hmm. You don't have to have it. Yeah, he, he, it's, a, it's a, not a good plan to carry it around with him to the meeting where he's probably going to die. Yeah, worst guardian ever. And so here we are at the last day of Guardian School, and we will be assigning to you your talismans and magical constructions. Hasbo of Petulance, you will be assigned to Stonehenge. Well, it's just a bunch of stones. Uh, it is not just a bunch of stones. It is a innovative, forward-thinking, chronological spiritual calendar. The apex of druidic technology that will tell you when to build. Build what? Uh, more stones. Elric of Nottingham, you will be given Egypt's treasure, the Sphinx. Well, technically, sir, not a Sphinx. You just guide it well, Elric. Two years later. What are you doing, Elric? Well, I'm moving to Nottingham, sir. Why do you have a rope with the pulley system around the Sphinx's nose? Technically, that, eh? I know. Answer the question. Well, obviously I can't get it if the statue is in Egypt and I'm in Nottingham, so it's coming with me. Don't worry, it's secure around that nose. Nothing could go wrong. Pull! <laughs> now that's a sneeze. Don't worry, sir. It'll buff up nicely. Days later. Because of the damage you've done to the Sphinx? Yes, yes, technically, blah, 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 blah. You have been reassigned. You will be guarding an ancient silver arrow created for some unknown reason by Herne the Hunter. Now do a better job this time. You can count on me, sir. It will never leave my sight. Eric the Stupid Man We cut to the opening theme and see shots of Robin in the woods. Bounding. Like a rabbit. Oh, oh, you mean like running around. Mm. Bounding through the trees like a rabbit. He is? Yeah. With his his incredibly quaffed (laughs) hair. You know, <laughs> yeah. There's there's no dirt or anything. There's not, is there? Not on him, anyway. No. Or Marion. After the opening, we see the text Robin Hood and the Sorcerer, Part One, and we move to Castle Belem. Fifteen years later. By the way, it's spelled B E L L A M E. At first, I thought it's be called Bellamy. I thought I'm not going to keep a straight face if he's Baron Bellamy and Castle Bellamy. Well, when when we meet the Baron later, and they introduced him, I honestly thought that they said he was the Baron. <laughs> I don't know if I should say it. I honestly thought that he that they said they announced him as the Baron of Bellend. Oh, well, maybe that's just a personal joke about him. Oh, here comes Bellend. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> Seen it. They say it really fast to see if he notices. Oh, he's he he'd notice. I mean, he's. He would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He would. Yeah. yeah. A man is kneeled over on the floor in what looks like a pentangle ritual. Baron de Belen watches as the man speaks. Beware the hooded one. Her and son will seek the arrow. The master demands a sacrifice. A girl, pure and innocent. It is near. Have you been doing, have you been taking acting lessons recently? Because you're getting very good at this stuff, you know, Colin. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm just good with pentangle rituals. Oh, right, okay. You've been there, you've done all uh, that. You've got the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's funny how these evil villains always want a young girl that's innocent and pure, never like an old crone. It's almost like they got some kind of ulterior motive. <laughs> Are you questioning the? Ba- I mean, the 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 the, the Baron's, um, you know, what he's after. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I think you're right, actually. Yeah. It's it's a shame that Blackadder series one kind of spoiled some of this stuff for me. <laughs> Whenever I see this kind of thing now, you know, if it's done. If it's done in a in a way that it's it's kind of a, a British TV, it looks like it's British TV. My mind just wanders to Blackadder. Yeah, I have. When anyone lifts a visor in a suit of armor, I drift <laughs> off to Monty Python. <laughs> there is a there is a Monty Python moment in this later. Yeah, yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we cut to Robin standing on a wooded hillside, yelling, "March!" He runs through the woods. We see Much shoot a deer with his bow and arrow. Robin hears it and finds a deer. He calls Much a fool for killing the king's deer with Robin's bow. Much protests that the king wouldn't miss one deer. He has plenty. Is is Much new here or something? Surely he grew up around here and knows the rules. Uh, Maybe it's the fact that they're starving and he just doesn't care anymore. Uh, I don't like him. I'm, I'm glad there's just one of him because if there was another one, that would be too much. Yeah, much too much. Yeah. Mm. Robin throws the deer on his shoulders and they quickly make their way across a river. Guy of Gisburn sees them through the trees. Robin and Much hear his horse. I, I guess Guy has an inferior model of horse that's not invisible and silent. Yeah, he, he's not upgraded yet. No, he's not got the new model. Should. He should do, yeah. 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 This actor playing Guy Gisborne, Robert Addy, he looks a little too fresh faced for me in this role. He's one of the people in it that I don't I just don't buy as, don't as buy a him. character. Although he tragically died, didn't he, at the age of forty three of lung cancer. He's not around anymore. Wow. So they run through the woods and try to evade capture, and there are more soldiers on horseback, which seems an odd way to patrol the forest. I've always wondered that in these films. Yeah, because in reality, I mean, every forest that I've ever been in, there's not a lot of room to ride a horse, is there? No, no. Mm. But, you know, maybe they did. Who knows? We'll never know. Well, well they, may have, they may have done it and just been constantly complaining. There's no room here. Bloody trees. <sighs> Left a bit, right, right a bit. He <laughs> puts the horse back with it, goes beep, beep, beep. <laughs> I'm reversing here. <laughs> yeah, bloody trees. <laughs> yeah. Robin yells at Much to run, but they are trapped by the soldiers. Guy yells at his two other soldiers to surround Robin and Much, who for some reason can't escape from these three men on horseback in a thick forest, but all right. Yeah. All right. 
Do you know who I am, says Guy, now apparently suffering from amnesia. <laughs> I hate it when people ask that. Wait, did they ask you a lot? <laughs> oh, well, you do work in a hospital, Paul. Maybe you should stop. <laughs> Maybe it's a serious. <laughs> that is true, yes. <laughs> yes, says Robin. Well, replies Guy. Robin resists the urge to say, yeah, pretty good, thanks. Just bagged this lovely deer. I think that would be a foolish move on his part. It would yeah. be, and he's not foolish. He's not. Who are you, surf? asks Guy. Robin points out that he's not a surf, he's a free man. Guy slaps him for his insolence. He's not a surf, he hasn't even got a board. I see, I crossed that joke out, it was so appalling. <clears throat> well, I did it for you, so you know. <laughs> <clears throat> nope. What you throw away, I'll use. Okay. You're thinking about it now, aren't you? Don't think about it. Try not yeah. to. Robin tells him he is Robin of Loxley. Guy says Loxley doesn't exist. When Guy sees the deer, he tells Robin that he's broken the law of... And he says the law of Vencian. Okay, you'll, you'll have to explain that one to me, Mr. Historian. Well, he, he says, No man shall carry the sword or bow in the forest, save a sword forester. No man shall hunt or kill the king's beast. The law of Vencian. I can't find this law anywhere. Did he mean venison? You know what? It could be. It could be. And he, he, the actor just didn't know what it was he was saying. I, know, I first I thought maybe it's French, but the French for venison is for nisson, so it's not even what he said. So Guy says, I'll spell the law out for you. Which, it's funny because you can't pronounce it. <laughs> this is true, yeah. I thought it was odd, but there you go. It could be that it, that it is meant to be the French word, but he didn't know how to pronounce that either. So he did his best. Yeah. 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 Maybe. So much is much is going to admit that it was him, but Robin cuts him off and they tie the pair of them up and throw them in a cellar in the castle. Much panics about devils. Robin says there are none, but a voice says the only devils are the ones that put you here. The man, who we later learn is Will Scarlet, asks who Robin is. Robin of Loxley. No such place as Loxley, says Scarlet. That's what they tell us, but nothing is forgotten, replies Robin. It's Ray Winston in full Ray Winston mode here, isn't it? Yeah, he's not. He's not. Have you noticed he's got more, like, more like, is it Cockney? I guess it's a Cockney kind yeah, of sound, isn't it? Yeah. As he's got older. I, I think it's probably, that's how he's always taught, but he tones, he used to tone it down, but now he thinks, you know, people pay me to be Ray Winston, so I'm going to ramp it up. 100%. Like Michael Caine hit his accent in Zulu and then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sean Connery doing a, an English voice in the first James Bond and then not bothering any after that. He tried, yeah. He did try oh, a little okay. bit, Doctor No, yeah. Scarlet reveals that his wife's folks were from Loxley and they died there, and he wished his wife had died there with him. He explains that on a cold November night, drunk soldiers took her, and when they finished with her, they trampled her with their horses, and then they laughed. You know, I keep thinking about the fact that this show goes out on Sunday afternoon at tea time what a great story to sit around with your family having your sunday lunch listening to uh, ray winston talking about his family being absolutely brutally murdered dad what do you mean by took her away and finished with her <laughs> well son <laughs> when a man loves a woman <laughs> <laughs> when a stalk's really angry <laughs> He says his name was Will Scathlock, but now he calls himself 
Will Scarlet. Robin Hood fact. In many versions of Robin Hood, Scarlet's name changes. Sometimes Scathlock, Scarlet, Scadlock, even becoming different people. In a play from the Elizabethan period, Scarlet and Scathlock were half-brothers. Oh, okay. It's nice that they used a little bit of that here then, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It is revealed that there are others in the cell. Tom the Fletcher and Deacon of Barnsley. <laughs> Deacon of Barnsley? Hey, up that. <laughs> De- Deacon of Barnsley. <laughs> no, at first I thought he said Tom the Felcher. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Something completely different. We don't want to talk about that. Well, the, well, the subtitles on mine turn Deacon to Dickon. <laughs> so we've got Dickon and Felcher. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, they were a great comedy act. Dickon and Felcher, that should be our stage name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were good until they did films. <laughs> so they've all been in a cell for a while, one for poaching, one for keeping goats in the king's woods, and Scarlet, who murdered three soldiers. Suddenly, an old crazy guy appears. First, is the only way out of here. Why did I do it? What out to the voice? Oh, wait. Yeah. Where's he from? There'd be, <laughs> be gold in their hills. Along came a bubbly crew. Oil, that is. Texas tea. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. You go with it. I think you should, I think you should carry on in that voice with this uh, character. Uh, yeah. Feet first is the only way out of here, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, says Robin, looking at the grate in the ceiling. Oh, another airlock in the ceiling. Oh, we've been there before, haven't we? We have, yeah. <laughs> Saturn 3? Yeah, wouldn't pay for it. No one's getting blown in this one, though, are they? Well, maybe when it finishes. It's funny, I knew the crazy old man trope in this. I could picture you playing this anyway, Colin. The old man? No, the crazy old man. Oh, yeah. Gotta make I sure play you put the crazy it, I play man. it like the uh, the naked guy from Life of Brian. Just a really long beard covering up his privates. Well, I don't know. Apparently, you'd, you'd play it like Sheriff J.W. Pepper from uh, Live and Let Die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we cut to another pair to the castle. There appears to have been one heck of a party the night before. Abbot Hugo, dressed in purple, enters the great hall and shouts at the sheriff, who's waking up for what looks like a night on the lash. Now, this actor, Nicholas Grace, who plays the sheriff, he's great in this, isn't he? He's so he's so fed up and disinterested most of the time. Yeah, and he keeps giving other actors, well, characters, side looks. Yeah. 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 He's really yeah, good. I quite like, yeah. Robert, I will not lose my fish pond, shouts the abbot. The sheriff tells him he just has to lower the water level because the meadow on the other bank has been flooded and it's not church land. It's revealed that the sheriff of Nottingham and Abbot Hugo are brothers. That's a new one, isn't it? Yes, I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. The sheriff points out that the land belongs to the king. Hugo agrees to drain it, but he wants more foresters. The sheriff tells him that the church should pay for them. Hugo complains that it's all one way with him and that Guy can't keep poachers off the land. Guy Gisburn. Gisburn sounds like a complaint. Oh, I've got the old Gisburn. Do you have some <laughs> ointment for that? <laughs> Get the garris gone. Sheriff tells him that Guy's brought two in today. Two poachers. We cut to the Baron of Belem arriving at the castle of Nottingham. The sheriff hurriedly gets ready. We then cut to Marion who is out beekeeping. 
Tuck runs up to her to announce the Baron's present. She says, oh, he can wait. Back in the cell, they're arguing about how to escape. Robin wants to go show up because there's parts of it that soldiers won't go near. Uh, yeah, um, they think it's probably haunted or something, don't they? Yeah, so the, it, they don't really explain, like, why the soldiers think it's haunted. No. At least not in this. No. Maybe it's Hearn. Hearn, mm. yeah. I think in, in one of the films I watched, it's like these kids that have... Oh, it's, that's the Ridley Scott one, yeah. right? It's kids. Mm-hmm. Is it Ridley yeah, Scott? Yeah, I think so, They're yeah. All blended into yeah. one now. Or it's kids and they set up cans and stuff mm-hmm. and things twinkle in the mm-hmm. trees. In another area of the castle, Marion finally arrives to meet the Baron. It's revealed that her father was killed in Palestine and that she is now the pupil of the abbot and now lives in Nottingham Castle, protected by her father's brother, the sheriff. Mm-hmm. A lot of brothers going on here. Well... <laughs> It was that time, that time period, wasn't it? Lots of uh, <clears throat> intermingling going on, if you get my drift. Oh, I, I thought you meant the 80s. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was trying to wonder where you... Well, was well, like, what was it about the 80s that I've forgotten about? Well, you know, 80s medieval times, a lot of intermingling going on in both, I think. Yeah, you meant the 1180s, not the 1980s. That's right, yes. Ah, Okay. The abbot says his wife took her own life a year ago. Can't imagine why. <laughs> he's a miserable git, isn't he, this guy? <laughs> yeah, the baron, yeah. He's yeah, just going, he's very punchable, isn't he, as well? Yes. And he wants Marion to take her place. She refuses because in a month she's going to be a novice in the Abbey of Kirkley. The baron believes that this is the abbot's doing because by marrying Marion to God, her lands will go to the church. He says, the time is coming and you will beg me for my help, both of you. You'll give her to me then, when the hooded man comes to the forest. He leaves. The Baron's written as a kind of Alistair Crowley type character, isn't he? Yes, I see that, yeah. Uh, and he's also f- <laughs> speaks fluent exposition, doesn't he? As well. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Many a talented man does. Yeah, so I've heard, yes. <laughs> yeah. Marion has to leave. She does, and I'll have him excommunicated, shouts the abbot, and he'll have us murdered, replies the sheriff. He thinks it'll be better just to hand Marion over, as Belem is insane. There's an idea that a demon took his soul when he was in the Holy Land. The abbot thinks that Belem gets up to devil worship. Ah, says the sheriff, but which devil? There are so many, aren't there, and only one god. Hardly seems fair. That is true, actually. Yeah, maybe the de- like maybe there's just little tiny de- loads of tiny little devils. One giant god balances out. You, you, yeah, you've probably got minor devils, haven't you? What they just underground digging? Little helmets on, little yeah. lights on the top. Little lights, yeah. Little pickaxes. They would be dark down there. Mm. Yeah, they're kind of cute, really, aren't they? Good kind of, isn't they? Maybe mm. that's why there's so many of them. Yeah, I'd like it. I'd like my own little minor devil, actually. Help with the gardening. Oh, you don't need one. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what you mean by that. But, right. Back with Marion, and as she makes her way to her chambers, she tells Friar Tuck that she will not marry the Baron. He's a snake. In the cells, a plan is in progress. Somebody is yelling for a guard who comes running. Help me, quickly! The guard bends low over the grate to see what's happening. They grab him and repeatedly bang his head against the metal. If you're a guard... Why would you bother running to see what's happening to a prisoner who's likely to die anyway? You wouldn't care, would you? You wouldn't even go and look. No. No. 
Mm. You just slowly pick up some cotton wool. He, maybe he's a jobs worth. Maybe he's new. Maybe it's his first day. First day on the job and he gets his head bashed in. Yeah. I've had worse jobs. Yeah. Mm. I know. While standing on each other's shoulders, they manage to grab his sword and use it to pry the grate open. And they escape, but have to leave the crazy old man behind with his pet rat, Arthur. Oh, Arthur, he's a superstar. One of the best performances in this. <laughs> yeah. The escaped outlaws discover some soldiers off duty who sound pretty drunk, and a fight breaks out. What a weird way to start a fight. He just leaps across a table at someone. He <laughs> comes fly from off screen, doesn't he? He comes fly yeah. here across. It's almost like they threw him in. <laughs> yeah. It would have been easy just to tap him on the shoulder and then punch him or something. Yeah. Yeah, he just leaps across. Very strange. Once he'd missed, just landed face down on the table. And they're just, they're just sitting sat there staring at him. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. He does, say, he, to be honest with you, he does a lot of strange leaping, thinking about does, it yeah. in this. Apparently the soldiers, he just landed there, they looked up at the ceiling and just went, raining men again. <laughs> so they defeat the soldiers and Robin reminds them to make for Sherwood. R Ray Winston, he's very good in this. He just looks like a man that wants to kill as many people as he possibly can, doesn't he? Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's incredibly well staged and directed. All, all the fighting in this is, is very well done, I think. Yeah, apparently they have, uh, in the sword fighting, they have three different like positions that they call Robin 1, Robin 2, Robin 3, and that's how they're trained. And apparently that continues to today. Oh, very good. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it, it looks very real. Yeah. How you would imagine, yeah. you know, it's not, it's, it's not overly theatrical, is it? It looks quite how people would probably no. fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's not, and I'm going to use this as an example, but I love this film. It's not Prince of Brides. Princess Bride. Prince of Bride. Prince of Brides. Is that a different film? Yeah, it's not. It's not Princess Bride. I love the sword fighting in Princess Bride, mm. but that's done for a reason. Yeah, it's because because it's a story, isn't it? But even in, it, yeah. it, you think of things like um, uh, the yeah, three Errol Flynn's, Errol Flynn's or, or the Three Musketeers from the seventies, where everything's really elaborately staged and. Yeah, swashbuckly. There's none of that in this. No. Before they can get out of the castle grounds, an alarm bell is rung. Guy sees Robin and fights him. The portcullis is dropped, trapping Robin in the grounds while the others get away. Robin is chased by Guy. As Robin uses the walls and the ramparts to get away, he breaks into a tower and makes his way up the steps. He hears the abbot call for Gisborne, and Robin breaks into a room. Marion's room. <laughs> I don't like the way you said that, but okay, I'll go with it. Yeah. Said it the way he was thinking. Yeah. You know, Michael Prade. I think this is a good good place to just stop for a second and talk about Michael okay. Prade. He, he, he's one of the stumbling blocks for me in this show. He's one of the only mm -hmm. things that I don't think works that well. I just can't see him as a kind of a during do action man character. He looks like a he looks like a handsome train spotter, and he's quite he's quite dull. And he he seems to only have one facial expression most of the time as well. Yeah, I mean he gets he gets a lot of dull lines though because he has a lot of speeches. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know. And I suppose you could argue that the hero is always the, the least interesting character. Yeah. But I still I still think you need someone with a little bit more charisma to play Robin Hood than what we get with Michael Pride. So are you a Jason Connery fan? 
Well, I, I, I haven't got to the Jason Connery ones yet, so I can't actually comment on that. Mm. So I don't know yet. Oddly, I, I did. I do remember watching a, a couple of Jason Connery ones when I was a kid, but I never saw any Michael Prode, as I, as I mentioned at the start of the episode. I could only think that Jason Connery was slightly more charismatic. Right. Maybe. I guess you'll find out. I guess I will, yes. Mm-hmm. But Rob- for the minute, we're stuck with Michael Pride. So yes. Carry on. Uh, Robin asks her not to cry out, and then he won't harm her. Guy bangs on the door, and Marion asks, what is it? Guy tells her that prisoners have escaped and that she should lock the door. Robin locks it, and Guy leaves. He asks her why she didn't call out. She says, because he would have killed him. She's not afraid of Robin and tells him her name. She asks where he is going. Sherwood, says Robin. They'll hunt you, she tells him. But Robin says they won't catch him because he knows the forest and they don't. As he looks into her eyes, he says, you're like a May morning. What? Unpredictable, sometimes hot, sometimes cold. What does he mean? Wet and a bit soggy. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Well, he has just walked in and she does like him. That's true, yeah. Yeah. He puts his hood on, glances at her and leaves. Marion realises she's just seen the hooded man. going to do that every time. <laughs> uh, this time I'm not doing voices that kill my throat halfway through and can't speak for the rest of the podcast. Back at the mill on the weir, Much is worried about Robin. The owners say they'll hide him from Gisburn. Meanwhile, Robin makes his way through the forest but he sees mist rising and a figure steps out covered in rags and wearing a deer's head as a helmet. Wolf's head, outlaw, utters the figure. Do you fear me, boy? In the long shots, his lips are not moving. <laughs> it's magic. Magic. But in close-up, they do. <laughs> it's magic. I was, waiting well, for well, that... say, I was waiting for him to say, we are the knights who say knee. Yeah, this is like, this yeah. is ruined, isn't it? <laughs> But the problem for me was when the lips weren't moving, I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And then when it did close, I was like, oh, oh all right. So <laughs> it was a mistake. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> How do you feel about um, introducing sort of more magical and mystical elements into the Robin Hood story? I don't mind because I think you have to. There's no there's no story there otherwise. It's, it's a guy who rubs, rubs from the rich and gives it to the poor. He loves Marion, who's a part of the rich Community. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we're done. That's it. I mean, that's it, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it when it's done. I mean, it's quite subtle in this, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not over the top until we get to <laughs> the end <laughs> of this episode. It gets a little bit less subtle. Why should I fear you? You're just a man," replies Robin. As the sound of a heartbeat increases, we close in on Robin's face. The figure replies, I am your destiny, Hearn, the hunter, look at me. They are all waiting, the blinded, the maimed. The men locked in the stinking dark all wait for you. Children with swollen bellies hiding in ditches wait. The poor, the dispossessed, they all wait. You are their hope. We dissolve cut between Baron Belem's face Arrows striking a target, sword fights, the silver arrow, and the Baron striking the air. Robin shakes his head and runs away. Hearn shouts after him, You cannot escape. So must it be, Robin of the Hood. But Robin has gone. 
I just imagine Hearn going back home to his wife and she asking, how was she there? Did you talk to Robin? Bugger ran off. I'm not sure he's up to it. Might have to go with our second choice. Ooh, Derek. Yeah, Derek Blood. But, but Derek, uh, he only has one leg. His other's made from oak. Yeah, Derek, the wooded man. We cut to a shot of bones being thrown on a drawing in some kind of ritual. It's the Baron. He says that he's come to the forest. He must die. He's talking to the man with the pentagram on his chest we saw earlier. And we cut to Robin making his way past the waterfall towards the river. He starts to cross using a fallen tree when he sees the Baron's man facing him. They both have wooden staffs. A fight breaks out. The man knocks Robin into the river. He climbs in the water to finish him off. But Robin escapes on the side of the bank as the man chases Robin, smacks him head in the face with the staff, knocking him out. He pours water over the pentagram on the man's chest and rubs it out. The man awakes as if from a dream. Where is this? he asks. Robin tells him he's in Sherwood and that he was possessed. If you're like, Robin's like smoking a cigarette going, nothing happened, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder when he started to wash the pentagram off his chest how far down he was going to clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get in, yeah, gotta get all those. It's yeah. a pentagram and not not a rectangle. <laughs> That's true. Yes, it's um. This is quite a, a a nice little twist on the the little John Robin Hood stick fight on on the on the water, isn't it? Totally agree. I like the way that they use the uh, traditional story and bring new elements into it. Yeah, because it's always usually just done with oh, this is my bridge, and you're not passing. And then, yeah, and, and then and, lots of backslapping on Robin, the end. At the end, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes Robin falls in, and sometimes Little John falls in, depending on which way they want to go with it. Yeah, but th- with this, with the with the possession um, element, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm, exactly. And it kind of yeah. it kind of uh, um, it sells the idea that suddenly Little John, um, you know, joins up with him because he's. Yeah. You know, whereas before he just joined up with him, oh, you're not me on me ass, you're a good one, you, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> where at least in this one, it's like, well, you've actually sort of saved my life here. You know, you've, you've, you've freed me from this evil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Robin tells him that he, that man was possessed and the man reveals that Belem's men captured him. There was smoke, muttering, blood. Oh, been to a few nightclubs like that, Paul. <laughs> we have indeed, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He takes a bath and reveals that his name is John Little, and Robin calls him Little John. And he's about to reveal his own name, Scarlet appears and pushes Robin into the water. Yeah, and then they start splashing everybody, don't they? Ooh, who likes a little splash? Oh, I'm saying, how old are they? One of them's going to do a wee in the water in a minute and then start laughing. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Oh, you're just miserable, you. <laughs> well, I'm not going swimming with you, Colin. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Well, I'm not fighting you with a wooded staff. That's true. Not yet, anyway. No. There's plenty of time. As night falls, the soldiers return to the castle. Robin and his new friends have a fire going, and they're cooking some food. Probably a pig. Roasted the blooded ham. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the last one. (laughs) Finish on top. That's what they say. Scarlet talks about how you have to travel at night and he's heading north to York, maybe further. You don't want to go any further than York, do you? I mean, trust us. I mean, me and you, we've got experience in this. We know what we're talking about. Don't go any further than York. Stop at York. Well, no, but you could skip and go to Scotland. 
Are you, are you going to skip? You don't know how to skip? I don't know. You just put your lips together and no, that's something else in it. <laughs> I suppose you could go to the coast and go round, couldn't you? Yeah, there's these things called planes. Well, not in medieval times, there wasn't, Colin. <laughs> oh, I, I, you didn't say we were in medieval times. Do I have to be specific now? Yeah, you have to be specific. If I make a throwaway comment, do I have to... Like... Yeah, you have to give location, time, <laughs> date. <laughs> and if you could add what right. was a fact or a punchline, that would help. Well, you'll know if it's, if it's a punchline. Yeah, there'll be silence. Exactly. <laughs> do as you're told and they'll leave you alone, says Deacon. Robin looks unimpressed by this, but sees something in the distance. The figure of Hearn, standing tall, carrying a flaming torch. Oh, I know I dropped the keys somewhere around here. <laughs> it does look like that's what he's doing. Like he's looking it for does. something. It really does, yeah. We cut to an underground cavern. Robin is standing on a raft and Hearn the hunter is removing his headdress. Robin tells him that Hearn is no god, but Hearn says that all of us can be gods. He tells Robin that he wants his life, his strength, the power of light and darkness have always been with you. You have denied them. What is your name? Asks Robin. When the Horned One possesses me, I am Hearn, the hunter. So when he puts the hat on, he's Hearn. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like that with a pork pie hat. I mean, I don't become a pork pie. I just scout with the power of a thousand rude boys. Hey! Oh, I don't do that. <laughs> Why do you record all my telephone calls? <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> I'm really confused. I, th I thought he was um, going to continue with the, when I'm not possessed by the haunted one, I am known as Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a good job he's not possessed by the horny one. He could be Hearn the Humper. <laughs> could be, yeah. Mm. yeah. You can picture him though, can't you? When he's not got when he's not got his uh, his big headdressing on, he's just leaning against a tree having a fag. Do you think he's got lots of, got lots of different headdresses? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he used to pierce the different different people as different animals. <laughs> he's got a pig, pig, a pigeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I am Eric, the albatross. <laughs> Weren't you Hearn the Hunter last week? No, 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 somebody else. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely Eric, the albatross. I'm sure he's Hearn the Hunter. No, 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 no. Eric, the albatross. See, albatross, we're in it. What's that other hat you've got behind your back? Uh, gotta go. Why are you running away? <laughs> Takes his hat off from Dennis now. We're doing improv now. This is. Uh... <laughs> Robin asks what he must do. What your fate asks of you. The time is near. They have waited too long. He orders Robin to take the sword. He slowly picks it up. Albion. One of the seven swords of Wadolin. Wadolin, 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 don't know. Just one of the swords. Any of them. Pick one. Pick a sword. Put it back in the pack of swords. And I'll tell you which sword it is. I'll turn me back. Don't show me. Don't show me. Just put the sword in. 
<laughs> is it that one? No. Is it that one? No. You know, I'm anyway. sure this is the same trick that Albatross guy did the other week, you know. Oh, uh, oh. Is it the amazing Eric. <laughs> <laughs> amazing spelt with an E. Amazing Eric. Yeah. Of course. Robin places the sword in his scabbard and Hearn orders him to string the bow. Robin does and pulls the bowstring back. Robin at the hood, mutters Hermes. It's morning, Robin tells everybody to get up. Lockley? exclaims a startled scarlet. No, says Robin, pulling his hood off. Robin, Robin in the hood. Little John asks if Robin has been witched, which is a fair question, because if anybody was there, you think this guy had been licking the wrong mushrooms, right? You, you, you would, yeah. He goes out for a night, comes back, and he's suddenly uh, a mystical being or something, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But Robin says that he's not bewitched, but awakened. He's woke. <laughs> and so Robin continues going chosen by Hearn the hunter his son you were sleeping you slept too long we all have it's time you awoke it's time we stopped running nobody ran at Hastings no they all died points out Fletcher <laughs> it's quite a funny line that it is yeah Michael Prade's ah. in full blown Shakespearean meltdown here isn't he yeah, and I think this is a problem. He's got a lot of stuff like this to spare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least they died fighting, says Robin. Scarlet says that's an old battle. But Robin asks, what's happened to the English since then? Where are they? Stay away from trouble. Do as you're told and they'll leave you alone. Is this the spirit of England? Yeah, it pretty much sounds like it, right? <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds perfectly accurate to me, yeah. Yeah. But Robin continues his speech. Villages destroy so princes may hunt unhindered. The people bled white to pay for foreign wars. No voice, no justice, no England. Well, it's time to build back better. I mean, it's time to fight back. (laughs) (laughs) Is that where he's getting it from? Okay, he's a big Robin of Sherwood fan, obviously, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We cut to the abbot seeing Marion off as she heads to the abbey. She asks Brother Tuck to look after the bees and she rides out. Gisburn is escorting Marion. He's also ordered to question the mirror about Robin and his fellow outlaws. Marion is sad to be leaving Nottingham. In the woods, Robin's men are learned to improve their sword fighting and making arrows. Scarlet is teaching Robin how to be a better swordsman. It's interesting that he's better than Robin at using a sword. I was going to say, I do like how Robin isn't the expert at everything right from the beginning. That he needs some training right. from these people that are obviously better at certain things than, than him. Yeah, yeah. At the mill, Gisburn questions the owner. His men start to torch the buildings. From a tree some distance away, much watches. Where are they? asks Gisburn. Well, you'll never find them, replies Miller. Gisburn cuts him down, turning the river red with blood. Much runs through the woods. He encounters Rob and his men. Much is incoherent, but reveals that his father... I didn't realise that... The Miller was much his father. No, because they don't really ex- they don't explicitly say it, do they? In the well, much things. says he's your he was your father too. So I'm guessing that that they grew up together. Yeah, yeah. Robin yells out Gisburn's name. Khan. <laughs> yeah, it is oh, a bit yeah. of a Khan moment, isn't it? Yeah. As Gisburn and his men make their way along the trail, a sword is thrown out and clatters down in front of them. Gisburn 
halts his men. Robin says, Marion. Robin says, Marion. Marion! <laughs> Robin sees, well, everyone's looking at him. Well, you've blown it now. <laughs> it, it's Get a, all soldiers going to see us. It's a better plan than this Tom and Jerry routine that, that they do in a minute <laughs> with this sword. Yeah. yeah, Robin sees Barry and tells the others that they need to get the girl out. Gisborne orders one of his men to get the sword, but as the soldier approaches the sword, moves along the trail, it's bewitched. Say you will, say you won't, say you'll do, and I don't say you're true, say to me, say love it. You see, the problem is I don't know the fucking tune, because I don't know bewitched. <laughs> but that was going to be my next question was, did you look that up or did you just know it, Colin? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. It's, I'm amazed they've not made a comeback. I think they 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 did do one of those you know those um, rewind eighties festival things where lots of eighties and nineties yeah. things and all that kind of thing. I think they they appeared in on one of those. Yeah, I didn't I... go. No, no, surprising. Yeah. No, what? Gisburn follows the sword and stops it. He finds it's been pulled by twine. He leaves a couple of guards to watch over Marion, and the rest go searching. The guards are then taken out, and Marion vanishes. Gisburn rides off to find her, and when the trail is clear, Robin, his men, and Marion descend from the trees. He tells Much to watch after Marion, and the others go after the soldiers. The arrow noises are a bit weird. They're, they're a bit over the top, aren't they? Yeah, like a loud thumping sound. Yeah. They fight and trap some of the soldiers. Gisburn is surrounded by Robin and his men. They strip him to his undershirt and tie him to his horse. Robin asks him to pass a message to the sheriff that Robin Hood holds Sherwood, that Hearn's son has claimed his kingdom. The horse with Gisborne rides off. Scarlet is annoyed. You should have killed him. You'll have to. One day. And part one ends. So we begin part two, and it's night time. The abbot is telling the sheriff about this Robin of the Hood and what a danger he could be. The sheriff shows the abbot Hearn's arrow that he took possession of in the first episode and he tells him how he came to get it. It's a magical symbol with inscriptions on it that he thinks only two people could read, one being the Baron and the other being Hearn's son, this Robin of the Hood. Okay, so it's a very important arrow. It is. Very important. You want to keep that safe. You, you would think so, wouldn't you? A bit bit more than, than, than the previous guy did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you wouldn't want to, you know give it away in a raffle or a competition or anything either. You want to keep that seriously safe. You're jumping ahead. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you're going to find out. So later in its day, and Robin is chatting with Marion. He's less than impressed with her impending nunnage. I know. Yeah. Wonder why. You don't look like a nun, he tells her. Yeah. She looks cold. <laughs> you tell. She's a blue nun. Do you, are you, are you, do you mean to say that she's none too impressed? Absolutely. Yeah. Got any more? Uh, she's attractive. She's got nice wimples. You know we could do this all night. Yeah, let's not. <clears throat> no, let's not. He asks her to stay in the forest with him, but she's not so sure. Robin uses his best chat-up lines and kisses her, but alas, she wants him to take her to the nunnery. In, in fairness, I think I'd rather be a nun than roughed in the woods with a bunch of unwashed outlaws. Which he then does. He takes her to the nunnery. They embrace at the door to the strains of Clannad. Is this one of those moments? No, no, this is fine. Although strains of Clannad, that just sound like a best of album, doesn't it? 
<laughs> you have the strains of clan, clan ad, don't you? When you uh, after oh, you've had a curry, gosh, yes, yeah. too much wheat. Yeah, <laughs> it's clear at this point that they've fallen for each other. Although they've known each other for about what a whole day at this point. Yeah, but don't forget, this is medieval times. That's like equal to like five years of her time. I suppose it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see a man in Saracen armor mounting his horse. He's been watching them from a distance. That's right, he has. What a perv. <laughs> He's just zipping up his armour. It's like, I didn't know this was a dog in area. It's a horse in area, Colin. I guess that's what they would call it, yeah. yeah. Later, Robin is with Hearn again in his cave. He's, uh, is he grooming Robin, this guy? Yeah, maybe he is, but also... I. I thought this cavern was a metaphysical place, a manifestation of the mind. I didn't think it was an actual physical location. No, it's a cavern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably got yeah. his house just next next door to it, hasn't he? Well, how did he get to it and get back earlier on? Well, I suppose, yeah, but it's no, it's no stupider than in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, when they land at... Don't they land at the White Cliffs and then they're in Nottingham like in the same day? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not complaining about this. I'm just saying that it made the way it was edited made me think it was in his mind a location. But it's got that kind of not. that kind of mystical yeah. vibe to it, hasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Anyway, Hearn gives him a, a roofied drink, causing him to have visions of death, torture, battles, the future. Oh, I've had drinks like that. So have I. One too many um, Jaeger bombs or whatever they're called. Remember those? Yeah, B-52s. Oh, God. What was that terrible um, What was that terrible cider that we used to drink in those bottles? Diamond White. Oh, my God. Paint stripper that was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never even had a sniff of an apple, that did. No, it's true. But Robin doesn't quite understand what he's seen, and he just buggers off. What must I do? asks Robin as he goes. Act, yeah. act, without thinking, Hearn replies. Shouldn't be too difficult for Michael Prade. Oh, bitchy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Back in the woods, the boys seem to be having a very heterosexual wrestling match. For some reason. Why not? What else are you going to do? It's not TV. That's true, that's true. Especially if you've got Tom the Felcher, you know. Yeah. When Tom arrives, bringing news that Nottingham is in chaos as the Sheriff and Gisborne are desperate to find the outlaws, Will thinks that they wouldn't dare send men into the forest to find them because they wouldn't stand a chance, I suppose, in his eyes. Uh, oh, I thought because it was the, the skirt of certain parts of Sherwood. Yeah, the skirt, and I think Will thinks as well that this is our... This is our patch you know we we know this yeah. better than they do we'll have them yeah. if they come through here yeah or right. or it'll be we'll have them if they come through here so he talks in it oh is he australian <laughs> <laughs> didn't realize no i was actually attempting his russian accent from uh, black widow <laughs> oh you were ah. tom spot on spot on yeah it was better than his <laughs> <clears throat> although all you'd have to do is just just mutter lines under your breath so low that you could barely hear them, and then you'd be doing it. Oh, yeah, the, the Tom Hardy style. Yeah, the Tom Hardy style. Tom then tells them about an archery contest, the prize being a silver arrow. Yeah, what? 
Why? Why would you do that? I I suppose that the sheriff thinks he knows that he wants it, so he's gonna show up if I. But you wouldn't really bring it, would you? You'd just say that you were gonna. It was gonna be the prize. You wouldn't actually have it there, would you? Make a copy. Exactly. Yeah. No one knows what it looks like. Yeah. Not even. You don't even have to go that far. Just get a wooden box. And say it's in it. <laughs> Can I see it? Um. <laughs> Well, well, the, the the lid's very fragile. I don't want to disturb it, you know. And uh, uh, the elements on it. Have you got gloves on? Oh, you've got you've got everyone's got gloves. Um, yeah, that'll work, Paul. Robin instantly says he's going to go. He's entering this contest. But there's a rumor that the best archer in the land will be the a guy by the name of Flambard. Yeah, good French name. It is Flambard. Is that how it's pronounced? Isn't it? But I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say flambard. I'm say flam. Yeah, I like I yeah, like flambard. Yeah, because you're ignorant in English. Exactly. But Robin, <laughs> but Robin is going anyway. It's the day of the contest, and the sheriff, the abbot, they're all there. The sheriff is convinced that this is the way to both capture Robin and humiliate him at the same time. Good. Mm. Yeah. Mixing with the crowds are Robin's men, as he himself is there in disguise. He's wearing a hat, a white beard, good, and what seems yep. to be a medieval fat suit of some kind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, no one seems to notice that he doesn't look old. <laughs> He's got a hat on. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that that'll be what it is. Yeah. He's supposed to be an old man, isn't he? And he's kind of doing an old man yeah. voice as well. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. As 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 good as it as it's going to be, anyway. The Baron arrives, accompanied by his ominous soundtrack. Goes everywhere with him, that, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, all behind him, on horses. Mm -hmm. And he greets the Sheriff, taking his place beside him. Robin waddles up to, the, to enter the contest, and at first he's told that he's too old for it. Now, like you say, this guy's staring directly at his face. Yeah. Yeah. But in the end, he allows him to enter. Gisborne, however, is scanning the crowds, looking out for Robin. I was going to say this earlier in the first part. Um, I do like... I, I, I know I've said that, that the guy playing Gisborne needs a little bit of fresh face for my liking, but I do like the way that Gisborne is written. It would be easy to, to write this character as a snivelling kind of character, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. But he's not. Yeah. It, it's played in a way as though sometimes he's he's a little bit out of his depth. Right. And he's he's... He's not yeah. very good at his job. He's been promoted above his skill set. Yeah. Yeah, but he's never snivelling or or slimy or anything like that. No. No. No, that's true. Which I think he's been played like that before in the past. Usually. Oh, yeah. He's not he's not a mustachioed villain either, is he? Twirling his uh, you know, he's not like that either. Nope. All the hats that Robin's men are wearing just make them look even more shifty though, don't they? Plus, like, little John is the only one there that's 15 foot tall. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and and the Baron knows him. Yes, because he was he was his bewitched bodyguard, wasn't he? Yeah. So the contest... Would you, would you, imagine having bewitched as your bodyguards. Worst people you can have as your bodyguards, I suppose. Or, 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 or like, getting people with their funky dance moves. <laughs> now, that I'd watch. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a film. Say you will, say you won't, or I'll punch you in the face. Yeah, it doesn't rhyme, but it works. Yeah. 
So the contest begins. Robin, making quips and jokes all the way, pretends not to be that good at first. I don't know why he pretends to be not that good. To lure his opponents into a false sense of security. Okay, all right. Go with it. He says to the others, uh, because they're not as good as him at that point, they say, too much beer, not enough archery practice. Hmm. Medieval pal. Flombard takes his shot. Bullseye, first go. Will. No, fancy. Nice bit of bully. <laughs> Let's have a look at what you could have won. <laughs> won. <laughs> Brings out speedboat. Speedboat? Oh, I live in Nottingham. Gonna... <laughs> what are we going to do with that? We don't have motors. Don't even have motors. What is it? <laughs> There's no petrol. What is this? England 2021? <laughs> hey, we're not far off medieval times, you know. Is it just down the road? <laughs> yes, it is. It is just down the road. Literally, just down the road. Will is convinced that Robin will never beat Flambard. Flambard? Flambard. It's all the same thing, isn't it? Flam, Flambard. Next, the Baron's man steps up to take his shot. And it turns out that the Saracen knight we saw earlier is now Baron's man. Oh, Baron's man. Mm -hmm. He gets another bullseye. The contest continues. It's all done very well, this, isn't it? We get a little montage, puts the clanad music of the yeah. contest. Yeah, oh, this not this bit, but when the archery competition begins and all the people are gathering, they play some clanad music then, and it you kind of want like Renaissance dancey mm. fur music, not. <laughs> she drunk. best friend of you robin <laughs> take your hood off i see your face oh christ put your hood back on <laughs> is that you is that you from sheffield i didn't know <laughs> oh yeah yeah Claire, is what clarence really like the, the, the irish stick is just yeah, all right it's just you know <laughs> it's just a gimmick <laughs> We get down to the final six, three of which are the Saracen, whose name we find out is Nazir, Flambard, and Robin. Worst set up for a joke ever. <laughs> There's a Nazir, a Flambard, and a Robin walk into a bar. Naz- <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it did make me laugh how Gisborne and the Abbot seemed convinced that Robin wasn't tempted after all, but it's clear that he's standing right in front of them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they they start to take their shots. The three nobodies all crash out first. Next, Robin shoots. Bullseye. Next, Flambard. Also a bullseye. Nazir. Tense. It is. Nazir. Also a bullseye. Which doesn't go down too well. So I'm guessing that because he's a Saracen, and we've, have we had a war with them at this point, I think, probably? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Let's They're say, not yeah. fond of him. Sounds likely. Yeah. There's not many that we haven't, so... Yeah, that's true. So a single target is moved back 50 paces, and they all shoot again. Flambard first. Bullseye. Next, Nazir, who shoots a dead centre bullseye, beating Flambard. Contest seems to be over. It does. But no. Finally, Robin shoots. And surprise, surprise, he splits Nazir's arrow and wins the contest. Ooh. It, it's always interesting how uh, Robin Hood 
either a movie or a, or a TV show will present something that's been shown a hundred times. Uh, they do this fairly traditionally, but it's still fun. Yeah, yeah it is. Mm-hmm. They don't really do anything with it. but it, it... I wonder where the first time it occurred. Probably in that silent one, I would have thought. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'll check that out. The sheriff isn't as dumb as we thought, though. He's actually noticed that the old man who's won, a.k.a. Robin, he says he's got the hands of a young man. So he's not the face. He notices the hands. Yeah, I mean, I guess the hood covers his face Mm -hmm. a bit, maybe. From where the king... Oh, sorry, the sheriff is sat. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. The crowd cheer as Robin steps up to claim his prize. He lifts the silver arrow in triumph, just as the sheriff gives the order. But Robin points his bow at the sheriff. Move and he dies. Why Why even give it to him? I mean, the sheriff's at this point, he's realised that this is Robin. Why would you give it yeah. to him? <laughs> even if you did yeah. have it there. Yeah. Robin's men step into action, taking out guards as Robin slowly backs away. It's a good action sequence, this, as they make their escape. It is, Matt. Mad by the fact the guards in the wall doesn't seem to be in the least bit bothered that there's people with bows and arrows pointing it at the sheriff. <laughs> He's just like strolling along on his wall. He's break time. Oh, he's, he's union man. Union man. You all know when you're on your break time, it's down tools. That's yeah. right. Yeah, got it. They shoot off some flaming arrows and they start leaping over walls. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Later, the sheriff, Gisborne and the abbot go to the abbey to discuss Robin. And we see a couple of monks. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 Uh, yeah, we do. What's your point? Just, just saying. We see a couple of monks. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got to say, there's some fine British weather on show here. It looks so cold and windy, doesn't it, outside of this abbey? Yeah, yeah. The abbot wants to invade the forest, but Gisborne thinks that that would be suicide. It would. The baron appears, saying that, basically, he says, I told you so. He's convinced that he can beat Robin, though, although the sheriff and co are not too happy about this because they see it as they're siding with a devil worshipper. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. He basically says we're not, we're not, you know, we shouldn't be joining up with you because you you work for the other side, as he puts it, doesn't he? Yeah. Yep. But the Baron tells them that Nazir has explained that Robin's men will disobey his orders and come out of the forest. It will be his love for Marion that will be his undoing if they give her to the Baron. The Abbot is against this, and Friar Tuck, who has been listening, tells them that this is an outrage. Yeah, it gets gets a little scene. The abbot reluctantly agrees, just so long as he can get her land. Yeah, he wants his hand on her land. Wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Every tree, every shrub. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) We we know, we know. No, I'm I'm, uh, stopping. Yeah, I know, I know. Tuck goes... That's very very restrained of you there, Colin. (laughs) Tuck goes to the nunnery to speak to Marion. She now thinks that she would have been safer staying with Robin. Probably right, yeah. Robin, meanwhile, takes the arrow to Hearn, but he tells him to keep it, as it'll be his protection against evil. Now, during this little scene here, Hearn is wearing his deer head dress thing. 
And yep. it's shot in a way that you can't actually see Hearn's face. And it just looks like that Robin is talking with a with a, a talking animal. Maybe he is. <laughs> maybe he's been licking those mushrooms <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, maybe. I have to say, like, I like the way it looks, but because of its use of soft focus and Marion and stuff, it looks like a 70s Timothy advert. It, it, what, whenever she's on screen? Yeah. Yeah. That was the you just expect that was the trend in the eighties though, wasn't it? You think about shows like Dallas and Dynasty <clears throat> and even things like V. Whenever Jane Baidler was on screen, she was always in soft focus. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's just because of the all the <coughs> nature. I just keep thinking this voice is gonna come on and go, When you've spent a rainy night covered in shrubbery and dirt after evading the sheriff, you need a shampoo that can wash away that grime. Try Hearn the Hunter's Outlaw. It'll make you feel so good. It should be illegal. Any side effects such as hair loss, changing colour, dry follicles, or sudden arrow through the chest are entirely coincidental. But it doesn't happen. So Tuck and Marion are in the forest, and they get nervous. Mm -hmm. Strange noises echo all around them. I wish it had been a bit darker and differently lit. That is the problem with all the forest stuff in this, isn't it? I think We We never really get anything at night in the forest, do we? We get no. nighttime stuff no. in the castle and things like that, but but not in the forest. I suppose logistically it was yeah. it was kind of hard on the budget to to shoot at night. Yes, mm. apparently it's also hard on like ferrying the crew and the actors and also where they were staying. Yeah, I, I think later in the series there's a scene where Guy and Robin fall into some mud, but apparently there was only one toilet, so they had to rush to see who could get the first to clean <laughs> off. I, I did watch an interview um, with uh, Ray Winston, who said that he it was probably one of the best jobs he'd ever had in this, and that he'd, yeah, it was di- it was a difficult job to do, but they had so much fun um, over the course of a couple of summers, just running around the forest. Yeah, it does sound like fun, mm. right? Yeah. Suddenly, they run into guards. Tuck tries to fight them off. He headbutts one, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He does, yeah. Yeah. Marion runs, chased by more guards. She falls, and they capture her. Robin and his men later attending to Tuck's wounds, and he tells Robin that the Baron has captured Marion. Yep. Robin says that he's going to go in alone. His men want to help, but Robin tells them, no, it's too dangerous for them. Hearn has prepared him. This won't be a fight between arrows and swords, but a fight between the powers of light and darkness. We should point out that they don't all readily agree because Scarlet is he says like you're throwing your life away for a girl yeah you know yeah it, it's um and it's yeah. little John that that he's desperate to go with him isn't it yeah yeah Will's a bit more practical isn't he in his approach to everything absolutely which really suits Ray Winston as well yeah yeah it does yeah Little John's actually thinking about it. Have you ever? Do you remember that movie from a few years ago? I think it was a King Arthur movie with Clive Owen in. I think it was actually called King Arthur. Ray yeah. Winston pretty much plays the same character in that as he does in this. Oh, ah, yeah, he plays okay. it exactly the same. Thinking about it, Little John says that if he's not back by dawn, he'll go after him. Who's she? <laughs> dawn. Marion's sister. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Robin enters the Baron's castle as the Baron tries to bring Marion over to the dark side, but without success. 
Well, he's chained her to a pentagram, isn't he? He does. He chains her to a big, massive wooden pentagram that's fixed to the wall. Who made that? Who made that? You're actually going that, yeah. So what I want is uh, I want a, a, a pentagram shaped made of teak. Is that all, is that right? right? And what? You wanna, do you want a cross? Most people just want crosses. No, no, pentagram. You're not going to be doing any devil worshipping with this, are you? Oh, no, 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 no. Just, uh, it's a special club. There's five of us in it. So, you know, pentagram. Right, just just as long as it's not devil worshipping. Can you can you put some chains on it where I can manacle a young woman? I mean, uh... Sorry, what, sheep. What, what was that? Manacle what was a sheep. That? Sheep, sheep, sheep. Oh, yeah. oh, yes, I see, sir. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get you. You get nothing but my cold blade... If you mention this to anybody, well, there's no need for that. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll knock your pentagram up, but you don't have to threaten me. How much? And I don't mean that little annoying guy. I mean coins. Um. Well, actually, I, was, I got my eyes on one of those sheep that you were talking about. So if you, you know, you get my meaning. You'll be kidding. That <laughs> uh, bad, the Baron, not a, not a comedian. <clears throat> she has. All the stuff in this castle is very atmospheric. In fact, the whole, there are lots of moments in this where it's very cinematic, isn't it? All the way through all this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He orders Marion to be prepared. Robin enters the Baron's castle, finding bodies hanging from skillets. And these are the shots that he saw when he did the, the drink earlier. And skillets, those little sweets. I thought it was a fish. Oh, Okay. Marion, as we said, is tied to a wooden pentagram as Gisborne and his men wait nearby. Robin moves... Well, hold hold on. You say nearby. <laughs> They're about 10 miles away, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, why? Why aren't they just outside the castle? Why are they like... <laughs> they go across a beach? Then they go across fields? Where, where are they? <laughs> Keeps coming back to them. Next minute they're in snow. Then they're, then they're wading yeah. through, uh, through a swamp. A desert. <laughs> yeah. We took her on turn, sir. Where are we? We should have gone left at the pyramid. Robin moves through dark corridors, calling out the Baron's name. The Baron begins to speak a spell. Speak and spell? <laughs> I had one of them. Spell. <laughs> spell, hello. <laughs> H-E-L-L-O. Can you spell pentagram? P-E-N. Bugger. <laughs> That's what it did, didn't it? When you did the wrong one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Winds whip up. Well, that'll be that meat-based diet that they all had back then, won't it? Yeah. Robin seems terrified. The Baron appears, whispering that he should throw away his weapons. Robin resists, aiming his bow, but it bursts into flames. And now we're getting into the extreme magic now, aren't we? Is that, is that flame bow? We need that French guy. That was flambard. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Flamebow. Uh, it's like there's a superhero in it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was the uh, the French version of Rambo, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. The Baron pulls out. Is it a knife or does he use the arrow here? It's like a, it's a curved, curved it's a knife. knife. It's a dagger. Yeah. He pulls yeah, out. Yeah. He pulls out a dagger and he slashes the air, causing the same slashes to rip into Robin's body. Outside, Gisborne and his men are still approaching. 
Yep, yep. Yeah, still going, still keep going. Robin enters the room with Marion, now seemingly bewitched by the Baron. The Baron gives him the silver arrow. <laughs> They're just handing it out left, right, and centre, aren't they? You know. Yeah, I don't think it's as important as people make it out to be. Nah, no. Robin, his face blank and entranced. I mean, well, I say entranced. It's the same expression he's had all the way through the episode, but... Maybe okay. he's been entranced throughout the entire episode. Could be. Yeah. He slowly approaches Marion with the arrow. He lifts the arrow above her. But suddenly, he plunges it into the Baron at the last instance. He's been playing along the entire time. Oh, he's good. The Baron gives an almighty death scene, screaming and turning bright red in the face. It's a little over the top. I got her... Yeah, I got to admit, I chuckled at this because he falls down backwards and it's like one of those where he's holding it. <laughs> his it's face bit... does go very bright red as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you would if you had a sword stabbed into you. Well, an arrow, I suppose. I suppose, yeah, and, and all that screaming. Robin pulls out the arrow from the Baron's corpse and taking Marion's hand, they run. But Nazir blocks their way in the corridor holding two swords. Robin and Nazir fight. Oh. They fight. Nazir. Is that his nickname? Two Swords and Nazir? Two Swords and Nazir, yes. They, they fight. Nazir beats him. But at the last moment, he spurs his life for some reason. It's a good fight and it's a surprise when Robin loses as well. Yeah, I assume it's going to go somewhere. Robin's men, run, Robin's men run in. and Robin just says, I told you to stay in Sherwood. You ungrateful bastard, replies little John. <laughs> that did make me laugh. <laughs> it's the way he says it yeah <laughs> Gisborne's men finally reach the castle and they attack well <laughs> I wonder what happens next because they're all probably knackered aren't they yeah they're like oh, I get, just, 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 oh, just stab me <laughs> Rob, just do it. Robin and his men kill a few with arrows and Gisborne shits himself and retreats yeah don't blame him I'll have Gisborne excommunicated says the abbot have him hanged, it's quicker, the sheriff tells him. It's another bit of good dialogue there. That, that no one made me chuckle. Yep. Next, soldiers fire back with crossbows. They're hiding behind like a shield wall, aren't they? Yes, they do. Yep. And then hand-to-hand combat erupts. Again, this is all really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Looks, looks realistic. Robin and Marion manage to escape on horseback. They just leave everyone else, don't they? They, they do, yeah. But a lot of Robin's men are killed. Later, Will and Robin lament their fallen comrades. All looks bleak. So, basically, Robin's got some of his men killed Mm -hmm. and murdered a bunch of soldiers just because he wants to pound some ginger minge. Yeah, that is pretty much what he's done. Little John is grief-stricken. All looks lost. But Robin tells them that this isn't the end. He tells them that their dead comrades are now free. And we'll always be with them in Sherwood. Uh, no, they won't. They're dead. Yeah, I know. He's, he's, I don't think he's quite grasped the concept of death. No, no. And as they fire flaming arrows into the lake, now joined by Nazir, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think maybe he's going to become one of the merry men of the future episodes. Yeah, for some reason. But it is weird when he fires it and then he does that look. Mm-hmm. And it holds on him for way too long. It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit odd. Yeah, you're, you're just hanging around for Marion. 
Not exactly. <laughs> As he looks Robin deep in the eyes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we see images of the dead heroes as the sound of Clanad whispers through the forest. Later, Marion and Robin walk hand in hand, finding Hearn in full gear, gesticulating over them for some reason. I don't know what he's doing. He's doing, uh, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Landing a plane. He's doing something. They kiss. The theme begins to play. And that's the end of Robin of Sherwood, the pilot story. Lovely. So, Paul, what did you think of Robin of Sherwood? Well, like I said before, this is a series that I only recently, in the last few years, reintroduced to myself. And I'm working my way through it anyway. I always felt it was a bit slow and twee for my taste as a kid, like I explained. But rediscovering this as an adult, I've got to say I've been loving every minute of it. Can I ask how, how far you're into it? I'm halfway like, halfway through the second series. No. Oh, okay. Has Lewis Collins appeared? I haven't got to that one yet, no. Oh, there's an episode where he gets I'll look forward to that. It looks great. The performances are really good. Even even if I poke fun a bit at Michael Prade, he works. He's all right. The music's really good. There's some good action. There's a little bit of humour. It looks cinematic at times. It's a really strong pilot, I think. I'm a big fan of Robin of Sherwood. I think it's one of the best interpretations of the Robin Hood legend, for me, that, that I've ever seen. And, and you know what? I actually enjoyed, I really enjoyed doing this for the podcast so much that at times I realised I was so into it that I'd forgotten to write stuff down and I had to go back. Because I found myself getting caught up in it and, and then just watching it and enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so for me, this is a massive hit. Really, really like Robin of Sherwood. So what about you? No, I like it too. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed the uh, merging of new ideas with the legend of mm -hmm. Robin. Um, and they, they pushed that even further because the Robin legend, in some stories he's a nobleman. And in some stories, it's a surf. Mm -hmm. In this, my, this version of Robin, he's a surf. But when Jason Connery turns over, he's a nobleman. So they use both yeah. mm -hmm. legends. And they do that a lot. They mix and match. And they've introduced new things to the story of Robin Hood that then future films have gone mm -hmm. on to use. Um, like you said, it looks good. Nicely filmed. Um, the acting's fine. No problem with any of the people in it. I know we talked about Pred, but I'm okay mm -hmm. with him. I like Marion. I know you do. So, yeah, for me, it's a hit, and I'm going to watch more. Fantastic. Double, double whammy, though. We've not had one of them for a while. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's because you've chosen something decent for a change. <laughs> it's, a, it's a joint thing. With it. <laughs> oh, just me all the time. <laughs> Oh, good. Finally a hit, yeah. Well, I was going to say thank you for listening, but before we go, we should point out one thing that you have done the dastardly on me and appeared in somebody else's podcast. How dare you, boy? I, I did. Uh, I do apologise, Colin. Um, I, I recently, and it, it's, it's out now, so anyone can listen to it. it I, I guested on an episode of um, a fantastic podcast called A Very British Horror. What? A whole podcast about you? <laughs> No, it's about the movie The Monster Club, Colin. 
Oh, so it's a horror podcaster. It's a horror podcast, yes. It's not about me. Yeah, I, it's out there now. It's hosted by two uh, really, really great um, chaps called Chris and Paul. And they very kindly asked me to um, take part in it. And I had a really good time doing it. So check it out. Very British horror. Excellent. Yeah. So for our podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you download it. And thank you to our current Patreon supporters. Until next time, goodbye. Bye.